Father, this morning, you didn't break through because it was a good song. Amen? You broke through because you want to break through. You broke through because you have a good plan in the breakthrough. You have good things planned for each and every person associated with Capital City Church. Well, actually, you have good things planned for every person on this planet who would just submit their life to you. But, Lord, we're at Capital City Church. We're here in person. We're here online. And so, Father, this is the, who you're talking to this morning. You're talking to Capital City Church this morning. And I'm declaring that you started breaking through in worship. And I'm declaring that you started... And you're talking about good plans for Capital City Church people, for the folks that belong, the folks that are here, the guests that are here. Father, you have good plans. And Father, I need your help. Holy Ghost, we all need your help. I need your help to preach. But these folks need your help to receive. Because some things that we hear we have to change the way we think. Some things we hear are true, but they get blocked by walls that have been built up in our minds. And Holy Spirit, I need your help today. I need your help to pull down some walls. Will you say the Holy Ghost that too? Holy Ghost, say Holy Ghost. I need your help to pull down the walls that keep your truth from me. Amen? See, there is and there lies the biggest problem in our lives. Walls. If you want to get scriptural, you want to get spiritual, strongholds. But all strongholds are, are walls. Get this now. The truth is here. Right? Your mind is here. All the purpose of preaching is every week while you come to church, while you read your Bible, while you pray, while we get together, while we even have a church, the whole purpose of every time we meet is to take the truth, pull down a wall, get it into your mind so you can live by it. That's called revelation knowledge. Here's the first thing. You have to, this is not my notes, this is the Holy Ghost right now. The first thing you have to recognize this morning, I got a wall. Likely a few of them. The first thing I got to recognize is I do have a wall. I do have a wall here that keeps the goodness and the truth of God from getting into my mind. And if I just let the Holy Ghost pull down that wall this morning... Maybe it's religion. Maybe it's the fear. Maybe it's your past. Maybe it's past hurts. Whatever that wall is that almost makes you think you're not worthy of the blessing, you're not good enough for the blessing, that the blessing's not for you, that the miracle healing power of Jesus is not for you, it's for somebody else. That's a wall. The biggest truth you and I have to recognize is, number one, I got a wall. If you don't recognize you got a wall, 
then you don't know what you got to do to get the truth to you. But the truth is, I got to pull the wall down. We could go into Joshua to the to Jericho. It's in Jericho. Well, what is no the, the victory, the the victory for Joshua and the Israelites was to to take Jericho. They were going to take the city of Jericho. That was a victory. But what stood between them and the victory? A wall. And if you study out that wall, if I got my theology right, my history right, that wall was a hundred feet high. If I got my theology right, that wall was 40 feet thick. They said, again, if I remember all my history from way back, they used to have chariot races around the top of the wall. For sport, that's how big the wall was. There was a wall between, between the victory in Jericho. Amen? There was a wall. Say a wall. But what did the Lord do when Joshua and the Israelites did what the Lord told them to do? What did he do? He put his big old hand. He's got a big old hand. The Lord's got a big old hand. His hand's so big that he put his hand on top of the whole wall in Jericho. And what did he do with that wall? He, he didn't crumble it. He didn't knock it out one sto stone at a time. What did the Bible say he did? He pushed it into the ground. He, and, and, and you know what? Historians and people have gone searching for that wall, and they found it pushed into the ground. You say, well, that's a nice theory. No, they found the wall pushed into the ground. Well, you don't believe it. They found the wall. You can go there and find the wall pushed into the ground. There is a wall between victory and the Lord said, well, let me help you out with that wall. Because the Bible says in Joshua, they went through on smooth ground. The Israelites didn't have to climb up over any rubble. They just, they just ran right into town and took the victory. This is not my notes, my friends. Someone needs to know, I got a wall. And if I let the Lord do it today, he'll put his big old hands on my wall. And he'll push it down, and truth will come in, and I'll get my miracle. I'll get my freedom. I'll get my blessing. Will you let God just push that old wall down today? Will you leave different this morning than you came in this morning? Amen? See, because if you don't let that wall go down, you come to church, and you leave church, but you haven't been changed. Why? Because I walked in with my wall, and I left with my wall. And the preaching was great. The preaching was great, but it bounced off my wall. Let's, let's, let's confess this one more time, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And we confess our faith. Say, I have a wall. My wall must come down. Amen? That's how you get it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, let me get into the message. Adam gave me these extra times. This is awesome. Praise the Lord. So, so that seven minutes was the time Adam gave me. Amen? I'm right on time now. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> 
Hallelujah. You love Jesus. I love Jesus. With everything inside me, I love Jesus. I love, the, I love his lifestyle. I love salvation. I love faith. I love Jesus. I don't, I don't, want to, I don't even think of another way to live. As far as, as far as I'm concerned right now, after all these years, any other thinking, any other way to live is totally useless. Totally useless. Amen? Now, let me get into, let me get into the Word today. Praise the Lord. I almost feel like i got to pray again to start my preaching now, but, but I think we prayed. Okay. Here's what I want to talk to you today. I wonder if you want to carry on with what Pastor Brian started last week. I was thrilled with that message. Pastor Brian, that was an excellent message. Praise the Lord. We talked about it afterwards. An excellent message. I hope you guys received that. But just in case there was a wall there, just in case it bounced back because you didn't let your wall down last week, I'm going to take the next two weeks to help you with your wall. I'm going to take the next two weeks to help you get rid of that wall. Amen? And help you level up. I just call this message, trust the process, trusting the process, learn to trust the process. But you, you got to get into the process of the plan, the way the Lord does things. And every Christian has to adapt. We have to change. We can't do the things the same way we used to do it. We can't keep doing things the world's way, expecting God's way to work. Just saying. You can't do things the world's way and expect God's ways to work. You know, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Amen. So, see, everybody knows and everyone can teach you that to succeed in any part, part, of, any part of life, in any way of life, things have to change. To succeed, things have to change. And so we have to make sure we're looking at what do we need to change. And actually, that is the purpose of church. The purpose of church is to challenge the people who show up to church to change. Amen? I remember many years ago, we, we, we kind of we joke about this a little bit, but because we noticed that the, the people, we'd start preaching faith and the Holy Ghost would come, and the first response, some people, would they'd get mad. They'd get mad at the preaching. Because in the preaching, there was a challenge to what? I'll say it all together. Say it like you really want to. See, see, and the, but the Bible says nobody really wants to change. And human nature is we don't want to change. But what do we have to do to succeed is change. See, and so here the, the reality is, so we, we saw people in the old days, in the old days, because I'm getting old now, I guess, so they are the old days. But anyways, it's, it's, like, it's like in the old days, people would you'd be preaching the Holy Ghost, and you know what happened? People would get mad. And then, all of a sudden, they'd get sad. You know why they got sad? Because they found out that what they're getting mad about is the reason they got to change. Because the truth was being told. Change was the challenge. They were mad because you're telling them they have to change. And now they got sad because they realized, I got to change. But then what happened is the third stage happened, which is really good. Then they got glad. 
Why did they get glad? Because they changed. And so we used to call it the mad, sad, glad principle. Amen? Because the first thing someone says, you got to change. I don't want to change. Then you realize, I got to change. Oh, God, I got to change. Then you change that. I'm so glad I changed. Say mad, sad, glad. That's what happens every time. That's what happens all the time. Amen? And so we have to embrace change. We actually have to learn to love change. Say, I love change. Okay, let's say it like you mean it. I love change. I know it's a faith statement right now, but it will get better. Amen? you got to learn to love change. Praise the Lord. And so, so we, because there, there's things changing all the time for good or bad, and we got to embrace the good change. And so I got this question, because Pastor Brian did a great message, but this week, what did you do with the Level Up message? What was your response to last week's message? How did you change from last week's message? See, these are, these are the questions you should ask yourself, as I should ask myself. See, because it's not good enough just to hear a message. We need to be changed by the message. And when the wall comes down, the message goes in, and it changes us. Amen? Because here, when Pastor Brian was preaching last week, I heard a very practical message. A very good message to change, and it was so, the points were so good, and I've got it all in my phone, all, all, all thing. I was going through it just before I came up here, so what were all the good points, and they were all good points. But then I also realized it was a prophetic message. And this is what I've seen sometimes with Christians. We don't recognize the prophetic messages, and the, pro, the thing about a prophetic message is it usually comes in the form of a warning or a challenge. And if we don't receive a prophetic message, what is a prophetic message? It's the Lord showing us what we need to do to remain blessed in the future. That's a prophetic message. The purpose of a prophetic message is that the Lord warning us, telling us, telling us in the future challenges will come, but if you'll do this today, then the challenge will not affect you. So when, when I heard Pastor Brian preach, level up, I realized this is prophetic. And the Lord's saying, challenging days are ahead for Canadians, but if you will level up, it will not affect you. Amen? But if you have a wall and you didn't hear the need to level up or you didn't take the challenge to level up, what happens? The challenges will come, but they will affect you. See, the Lord has a way through, up, out, and over for everyone who believes. He's good. He is so good. Amen? But there's a responsibility put on us as Christians to change, to hear the prophetic words, to then respond and grow in the prophetic words. And see, I'm under this mandate right at the end of last year. I heard the Lord say to me as clear as anything, it's time to prepare Capital City Church for the last days. Amen? 
Now, what you heard last week from Pastor Brian was a last-day message. I'm not saying Jesus come back tomorrow. We're, we're specifically told, do not ever say when Jesus is coming back, because nobody knows. Jesus says, even I don't know. So I'm the last one to say, but I, I'm telling you, the Lord said it's time to prepare for the last days. And so we have to understand that, that there's, a, there's a responsibility for us to do this. So we have to say, let's, let's, let's get ourselves equipped. Let's get ourselves ready. Let's get ourselves prepared for faith. Grace, faith, love. Let, let's get, make sure we're living that. Let's make sure the fear has no, has no hold in us. Let's make sure that, the, that, that, that there's, there's all the junk going on out there is not distracting us. My friends, if, if the news is bothering you, turn it off. One of the greatest things you can do is turn off the news. Another good thing is turn off your social media. I basically turned off my social media. I basically turned off the news. I, I really don't care about all that stuff anymore. That's why you're not getting a lot of you aren't getting birthday greetings from me anymore. Because I basically I'm not using Facebook anymore. I, I, I just I just don't have time for that anymore. I don't have time for those distractions anymore. Amen. They're just distractions. You can do whatever you want. Be free. I'm just telling you what I'm doing. I'm happy. And I don't have a whole lot of cares right now. I'm blessed. I'm healed. I'm healthy. Pastor Brian even said he wants my complexion. As we said last week. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. You got to live happy. You got to live blessed. You got to live free. You got to live joyful. Got to live with Jesus. And forget about the rest of the stuff. What do we do with all these promises we've got? How about 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 20 says, All God's promises are yes and amen. All, say all, not some. All God's promises are yes and amen. Well, Father, I need healing. Yes and amen. Father, I, 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 need, I need finances. Yes and amen. Oh, Father, I just, I, I, just, I just need peace. Yes and amen. Father, I need joy. Yes and amen. Okay, you're saying yes and amen, but what do I have to do? Show me some faith. Amen? Show me some faith, he says. Jesus says, when I return, will I find faith? See, we have to learn how to live by faith. And all God's promises are yes and amen. All he's looking for us is to live by faith. We have to develop and learn how to live by faith. And if that's different for you, if you say, I'm so used to living by fear, Pastor. Well, that's why you got to be in church and you got to get in the Word. You got to, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You got to hang out with people who live by faith. You got to hang out with people who love the Lord. You got to hang out with people who aren't in fear. It's amazing how, how spirits attract spirits. If you, if, you, if you hang out with people and you're having coffee with people who are talking nothing but the problems of the world, guess who you're going to be talking about? Problems of the world. If, if, you, if your best friend is so sick that she's going to die and you keep talking to her, guess what you're going to be so soon? You're going to feel so sick that you're going to die. See, you can't be playing around with this stuff. You can't be hanging around with Do Debbie Doubter or, or Donnie Doubter. Or, you can't be hanging around with those people. You've got to hang around with people who will take you up. 
You know, you know, I've said this for 23 years. If you're the smartest person in your bunch, what are you supposed to do? Find a new bunch. Amen? But if you're in a group of negative people, and you got people who aren't exhorting, aren't bringing up, aren't speaking faith, aren't speaking Jesus, then you should really find a new group. That's why in the fall we're starting connect groups. You can connect with other people who talk like you do. Or hopefully you talk, or you're going to talk like they do, and everyone's going to go up. Psalm 139 tells us this, and you've heard this a million times in this church too, that God has a book written in heaven every day fashioned for us before there was one. God actually said in, in Psalm 139, verse 16, that I have a book written about your life every day already desi designed for you, figured out for you before there ever was a day. Then he says to me, he says later on, he says, now let the, let the Holy Spirit lead and guide you in all truth from that book. When he taught me that, you know, my, you, know, you know, we've talked about this. You know what my assignment came after that? Once I found that out, my assignment was, okay, Holy Ghost, tell me what to do today. Because Holy Ghost is at the book. He just turns the page. August 14th, Mike should do this. Tell Mike to do this. Okay, Mike, do this. And August 15th, he goes to the book, and as you're praying, he says, Mike, do this today. Okay. And all, as my life goes through, I just work through the book that's already prepared for my life. But uh, are you going to believe it? I tell you, but eight years ago, I believed it. Eight years ago, I believed that scripture for the first time. I know, maybe I'm a slow learner. I don't know. But I believed it. And I started living my life by what I believed. And you know what left me? Cares. Concerns and fears. That's when you start hearing me say, well, according to this scripture, if the Lord's already got it worked out, say, anyone want to finish it for me? Why should I get worked up? I start living my life this way. Why, if he's already got it worked out, why should I get worked up? And then I had another revelation. I can either let the Holy Spirit tell me what's in the book every day and do it, or I can go do life on my own. But then I realized some, I, had a, I had an epiphany. I had a revelation. I can either do it by the book, or I can just mess up my life. Doing it my way. I can go do all my own thinking and all my own planning. I could do it. I could, I, could, I could be so smart and mess up my life because he's already got it worked out. So why am I trying to work out something that's already been worked out for the best? Now, this is, this is again, the last little while, I'm just telling you on my journeys my journey I've been on this last 8 or 10 years, 20 years, 33 years, I'm figuring these things out. I want you to get it. Because life is good. Life is really good without fear. Life is really good without cares. Life is really good when every person doesn't bug you. Life is really good when you put your faith and trust in Jesus. And you realize he's got it worked out. He's able. He's the, you know, another thing, El Shaddai. How many of you know El Shaddai? Well, I'm reading in Genesis, just a little while, El Shaddai. And right there, the definition is for El Shaddai. 
know what the definition for El Shaddai is? You know the song? El Shaddai, El Shaddai, Edabokora. I got to speak in tongues, I know all the words. Anyways, but anyways, El Shaddai. You know what El Shaddai means? God Almighty. Wait a minute. He's not daddy. He is. But you know what it is? When you say God, he says, I'm God Almighty. And then he says, and there is no other God, by the way. He says, I run the show. No matter what anyone else tells you, I am God Almighty. I'm running this thing, taking care of this thing, finishing this thing, and you can be part of the plan. And I embrace God Almighty. I, I, I love confessing El Shaddai now. It's not just a song to me. It's when I say God, when I say El Shaddai, I'm saying, you're God Almighty. Whoa. God Almighty. All part is in front of the mighty. That means there's no one else, no other power on earth more mighty than all mighty. I know this is deep, but I'm so simple. I just break everything down that way. I have a God in heaven, a Father in heaven, because I'm born again, because Jesus is my Lord and Savior, who is God Almighty. Now, I don't have to question what's going on in this world. It's, it's, just, it's just when you start questioning things, you start doubting things. And when you start doubting things, you start letting fear in. And fear is the opposite of faith. And with fear, you can't connect to God. See, so we can't let that in. What about this other promise? We hear it all the time. Jeremiah 29, 11. That God has a what? Good future. Good hope. And good plan. For who? You. Say me. Say me for you. See, I say you, but you say me. See, it's me for you. Me for me. You got to embrace it. See what I'm trying to do? Embrace it. Embrace, embrace, embrace. Embrace the promise. What if you get up every morning knowing that today, say today, my God Almighty Father has a good plan for me. That's what Oral Roberts got. Back in the 50s, Oral Roberts, who was doing these huge tent healing revivals, miracles happening, he got a revelation that every day, Bella, what have you thought about this? Went to school. Well, when you go to school. Every day, something good has been planned for me. What if we teach our kids that? That every day, something good is planned for me. And what if we get every day expecting something good is going to happen for me? The shoe's not going to drop. Something good is going to drop for me. What if we, see, I had, to, I had to go through life. I had to get a revelation. I had to change the way I think. I had to renew my mind to this. And when I did, all of a sudden, all the good things started happening that the plan was for. But I had to get the wall out of the way. I had to, what, the wall of fear, the wall of bad things. I had to get the wall out of the way so the good things that God already had planned could start coming to pass in my life. Amen? You know, one time, 11 years ago, we, we moved to the house we're living in right now, and we are not moving anywhere. 
We talk about this sometimes. You know, people say, oh, the price of homes, the price of homes. My brother taught me this years ago. My older brother taught me this. He says, Mike, the price of your, the, your house is only the value that is when you want to sell it. Other than that, it's your home. We got a home. Well, here we are, knowing, just sensing, my wife saying she wants to move. So there's that anointing, the leading the Holy Spirit, and it's your wife. They're saying, I want to move. I want to get back in town. But it was the Lord. It was the Lord. And so I'm praying. You've got to pray about these things. It's a big decision. You've got to pray. Please pray about these big decisions, like buying a house. I'm praying, I said, and I'm saying, so Lord, if I, if I do move, and if I do move, I really feel I want a house on, I like it on the main street of a small village. I like it to have a south-facing backyard, because all my houses have to have a south-facing backyard. It's not feng shui, it's that you get a longer summer. Amen? Amen? You don't get the north wind blowing at you, you know. And, and, and I want an unfinished basement, because I like finishing basements. It adds value to your house really quick. All right? Those three things I said. Now, now I'm driving from our house. It was out in the country. I'm driving to the church, and I'm driving through the village of Cumberland, and the Lord says, look over there. I looked at this house, which is ours now. He says, that's the house you're going to buy. I said, okay, this is the third time he's done it. It's kind of our RMO, right? And we've owned three houses here in Cumberland every time the Lord's taken us directly to that house and buy that one. Okay? But we believe it. That's the process. So me, you know, wall. Say wall. Me. I, I, so he tells me, that's the house you're going to buy. And I said, so, okay, let's look at that. And I said, Lord, are you sure that's the house you're, you want me to buy? Well, the Lord's funny. He says, well, duh, what did you ask me for? Didn't you ask me for a house on a main street of a small town with a south-facing backyard and unfinished basement? I said, yeah. What does this house have? Main street, small town, unfinished basement, south-facing backyard. This is you, Lord. So even in our dullest moments, he breaks through for us. Amen. And I'm your pastor, so I can cut you guys some slack, right? Praise the Lord. I just want to say, you know, be human, be spiritual at the same time. God will get you through. Amen? Praise the Lord. Let me move on a little bit. We have to level up, as Pastor Brian said last week. We have to learn to level up to kingdom lifestyles. Kingdom. Say kingdom. We have to level up to a kingdom lifestyle. We have to think different. See, this whole operation on earth We've taught it many times, it may be a little refresher, but everything the Lord does on this earth operates under the system, say system, of the kingdom of God. And again, some people get so spiritual, they forget that the kingdom of God is a way of life for Christians. There's two systems on this earth. There's the world system that non-born-again believers are destined to live by, that's what you hear on the news all, all the time. That's the world system. Okay? That's what you hear. All the news, social media is pretty well about the world system. Amen? But then the, the system that the Father has created for Christians, born-again Christians, is called the kingdom of God. And it's, it's, it's a system. It's a, it's a system that we have to learn how to live in. 
And that's where the change has to come in our thinking because when we, when we get into, into uh, Christianity and we start coming to church and we start getting born again and we're filled with the Holy Ghost, we start hearing all these terms that were so foreign to us before and even some of us resisted them for the longest time. But once we embrace that we're born again, then we have to learn how to live on earth like a Christian. That's all the kingdom God is. It's learning how to live on earth like a Christian. You can't live on earth in the world system as a Christian. It just won't work. Amen? And so the Lord has designed a system called the kingdom of God. And then you'll hear me say that many times when I, over the last number of years that the kingdom of God works by grace through faith because of the Father's unconditional love. But basically, it's in simple forms that we have, we, the kingdom of God lives by faith, and the world system that we came out of operates by fear. And so we have to see that the, the simplest of all truths for a Sunday morning teaching is that when we get born again, we have to learn how to leave the life of fear behind and enter into the life of faith. And that's the biggest challenge. I mean, how many people know that's a challenge? We, we not, we're not saying, oh, just, just alakazam, do it. No, we understand it's a lifestyle. It's a life of change. It's, 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 a, it's the challenge we all have to face. But you know what? It's the same thing as, you know, the, the whole flywheel principle. You know, anyone hear about the flywheel principle? Okay, if you, if you have a car with an, an engine in it, I guess maybe electric ones do too, they have a called a flywheel, a big hunk of steel. And when that car takes off, you give it the gas, and it takes off from the light. It takes off slow, but then it builds momentum and gets up to speed. Well, see, that big hunk of steel flywheel takes a lot of energy to get that thing turning. Right? It's right behind your engine. It got a flywheel. But see, once you get up to speed, have you noticed once you get up to that, that speed limit, because we don't speed, we just do the speed limit, right? Of course. When we get up to that speed limit... Uh, maybe yours is, do you, do, you, do you see those signs on the 401 says the tickets don't start till 20 over? So you assume that's the speed limit? You know, it says 100, it says 100, but the tickets don't start till 120, so you set your cruise at 119. <laughs> I, I just, uh, I, I know that might not be me. <laughs> okay, could be me. But anyways, we don't get tickets because they don't start to 120. So the, inadvertently, they're saying, you know, just my way of thinking. But anyways, there's a flywheel. So you get up to that speed limit, whatever you desire to call the speed limit. And uh, have you ever noticed how you let up on the gas? And all of a sudden, the engine idles down, and you just start floating along the road at this speed. You know why that? The flywheel is so heavy, it's got its speed up, and it's, it's, spinning, it's just spinning everything and causing momentum to carry you along. You say, what does this have to do with me in church, Pastor? Well, you got to understand the flywheel principle. When you first get into Christianity, it's going to take a little extra energy to get up to speed. You got to be prepared to put a little extra energy in to get up to speed. See, but once you seem to get up to speed, and you get you see the flywheel's working, and you get up to speed. What you want to do is stay on speed. You want to stay up to speed. You want to stay cruising right along in faith. So the goal that we have in church is, one, if you're new, help you get up to speed. 
Amen? And if you've been around for a while, we want to keep you up to speed. Because you recognize this is where the blessing is. This is where, this is where, this is where the good life is. This is where the yes and amen promises are. We have to make sure we understand that. Amen? So the kingdom of God is the way God is operating on this earth for the born-again Christians. And when we live in the kingdom of God, you know what happens? We don't have to go through. Well, okay, let me go back a bit. So there's the world system out there, and they're going through it. How many of you know that the world's going through it right now? Okay? But see, the world's going through it because they belong to the world system. But see, when you, get, when you tap into the kingdom of God, guess what you've left? The world system. Who's going through all the stuff? People in the world system. Amen? And so the stuff's not going on in the kingdom of God that's going on in the world system. Amen? So we have to get ourselves into the, into the system that the Lord has created for us as Christians to live in called the kingdom of God. And the more we adapt, the more we get our minds renewed, the more we change and get into the world system, guess what the world's, the, or the kingdom of God, I should say, guess what the kingdom of God is? According to Romans 14, 17, 19, but the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, you became the righteous of God when you got born again. Because you got God, the Lord came to live inside of you, peace and joy entered you. That should be your lifestyle. And what are you supposed to be? Empowered by the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. Born again, filled with the presence of God, empowered by the Holy Ghost. That's how Christians, we have to learn how to live. We have to learn how to live this way. See, that's not the way the world lives, does it? Have you noticed that? If you've got a friend who's not saved, they can't live this way. Until you get them born again. Amen? I want you to see this. So we have to understand that every Christian, every one of us who's born again must learn to look at our circumstances and choose a kingdom of God solution to those circumstances. There's the key. The key is that we all have circumstances but the world system has one way of dealing with the circumstances, usually based in fear. And the kingdom of God people called Christians have another way of, look, of fixing their circumstances called faith. Amen? And so the, the thing that has, the church is really for is to teach every person who shows up and every person who gets born again to disciple and train Christians to look at every circumstance by faith. I got the promises of God being yes and amen. By all things working together for good. That I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. That I'm blessed of the Lord. He supplies every need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He always causes me to triumph. I'm more than a conqueror. See, every circumstance has to be looked at through faith and the word and what the Lord has said about that circumstance. That takes training, doesn't it? Amen? That's why Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 12 tells us, that the purpose of the church, the purpose of your pastor is to train you. What's that mean? Perfect, mend, and equip. Amen? The purpose of church. See, church has a great purpose. When people say, oh, I don't need to go to church. I don't need to go to church. I'm my church. I people have all these crazy ideas about church. 
But church is God's plan to fix you, equip you, to teach you how to live by faith and not by fear. It's God's plan to get us out of the world system and into the kingdom of God system. It's his plan. The Lord designed the church to do this. That's why Capital City Church, we try to do this all the time. Amen? We train people. It's amazing how people grow. It's amazing how you watch people. People who used to live by fear are now speaking faith. Nothing thrills me more than watching a person come into this church and get born again and then start learning about Jesus and leaving the world behind and the fear behind and stepping into faith and living by faith and seeing God do great things for them. And I tell you, you know, my family's blessed. This church is blessed. We're just blessed. But you know what thrills me more than anything? Thrills me more than anything is when someone at Capital City Church gets blessed. You guys bought your first house couple of years, a year ago? Last year, they bought their first house a year ago. I imagine it was told you you would never own a house. But you did it. Because you, got, you went from fear to faith. Esther's buying her first house tomorrow. Praise the Lord. Amen? This excites me. This excites me. This is awesome. Amen? It excites me. Or when someone, someone has, just has, has only believed for old cars, and all of a sudden they buy their first new car, and they say, Pastor, I just want to know, I got my first new car. Well, I want to rejoice and spin and do a dance for them. Because I love it when people embrace faith and leave fear behind, and they move into the kingdom, and they start seeing the blessing, the benefits of the kingdom. And my friends, it's available for every one of us. I know some of you online are doubters right now, but it's available for you even though you're online. Come on now, just embrace it. Take it, take it, take it. It's yours. It's yours to be had. I'll finish up with this. These, these verses I've been telling you for 23 years here, I'm not changing. Romans 12, you know, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto, unto God, which is your reasonable service. So the Lord says, he says, in my mind, I just want you to do what I'm telling you to do so I can bless you like I want to bless you. Then he says how we do it. Verse 2, and do not be conformed to this world or the world system, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. New Living Translation says by changing the way you think. So obviously the way to get everything that the Lord has for us, we have to change the way we think. That's one of the most important messages of our Christian faith. Recognizing the wall, recognizing it must come down, and we must change the way our mind works. And that's what we have to do, amen? I want you to see how important this is. Because watch this. So, so verse 2, And do not be conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, comma, watch this now, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable perfect will of God, Verse 3, that for I say through the grace, remember we talked a lot about grace lately, given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. God has given you 
the gift of faith. God has given you as a gift faith to use so you can move from world to kingdom, from fear to faith. It's so good. He gave us the gift of grace to get saved. And then when he gave he gave us a gift of faith to live by. And also, says, just use what I gave you so you can go from fear to faith, from world to kingdom, from curse to blessing. That's the plan. Amen? Can I mention the devil this morning? What's the devil's M.O.? Steal, kill, and destroy. Can I even get simpler than that? His MO, modus of operandi, is to distract you. Even today, even today, he's trying to distract you from this. He's trying to get you thinking about lunch. Don't think about lunch because I mentioned lunch. He's trying to think, th you're starting to plan what's, what you have to do when you leave here. Anything but get a revelation. Do anything but get a revelation. Amen? Because if you don't get distracted, the wall will come down. And you could move from fear to faith, from world to kingdom, to curse to blessing today. Amen? Do you sense the presence of God in this place? Do you sense the tangible presence of God entered here? You know what he's saying? This is what I want for you. I've met you before, but you're hungry. You're hungry. I see that. Not for lunch, but for Jesus. I watched you all morning. You're hungry. You too. You're hungry. Something's happening in your lives today. Something's happening for you guys today. If you embrace this, your life can be dramatically changed. Can I tell you what happened to me 33 years ago? I'm talking to these two, but I'll talk to you all too. I'll talk to you online. It was one night on TV. Billy Graham was on TV. Most people remember Billy Graham still. They call him the greatest human being in the last hundred years to live on this planet. He was a preacher. That's not, that's not Christian saying. That's what the world calls him. The people of the world says he's one of the greatest human beings to live on this earth in the last hundred years. Billy Graham. He was a preacher. He was an evangelist. He spent his whole life telling people to get saved and, and turn to Jesus. That November night in 1989, Linda tricked me. I didn't want to watch a, a crusade on TV. I didn't want to do anything but being born again. I didn't want to get born again at all because I was so full of pride, I figured I have this thing figured out. I'll tell anyone what's going on even if I'm wrong. Amen. So she tricked me, and she said, my daddy used to watch Billy Graham or listen to him on the radio years ago. Won't you just sit with me? Won't you sit with me for this? Because my daddy used to listen to him on the radio. Pulled the heartstrings, you know. And I sat through a lot of these crusades. I fell for it every time. Deep down, I didn't think I wanted it. After all these crusade nights watching this, November of 1989, he said, you know, the key is you must be born again. You must be born again. He says, say this prayer with me to get born again. I said that prayer. We'll say it in a minute. 
but you know what happened to me? I wouldn't. I didn't even tell. I whispered that prayer. I didn't even tell Linda. I said that's prayer. I wouldn't tell her. I won't. I'm gonna tell her she's right. Amen. Well, pride, pride people don't admit that someone else is right. Amen. But I whispered that prayer beside her, and then we went off to bed. Friday morning, I woke up. I knew everything. Say everything had changed in my life for the better. Everything had changed in my life that day. I said that prayer. I whispered that prayer. It was enough for the Lord to touch me. And I woke up that morning knowing everything had changed in my life 33 years ago. And the Lord then told me, he says, Mike, I didn't know it was the Lord at the time. I just heard a voice in my head say, every answer you need is in this book. I said, okay, but I'll make sure I read it every day. That's how I made my decision right then, the first day of my salvation. Then I'll read this every day. If every answer's here, I'm going to read it every day. And I have ever since, for 33 years. My life was totally transformed by the Spirit of the living God entering my life. And it's never changed. And it's just got better and better, or, you know, around here we say gooder and gooder every year. Amen? I want that for you. I want that for every one of you. It's real and it's true. And ev it's for everybody. God never plays favorites. Every one of you can have this today. Everyone. He never turns anybody down who asks for born, to be born again. And anyone who comes to him in faith is blessed. Let's bring this prayer up right now. Praise the Lord. This is what I call the prayer of salvation. It's just something that we use when God is moving on people's hearts. When they say, I want this. See, all salvation is hearing about the goodness of Jesus and saying, well, I want that too. I want that too. That's all this prayer is saying, I want that too. And this is the way you're going to get it today, the way I did it. I didn't understand what I was saying. Billy Graham said, say this prayer. I said this prayer, and I got it. I figured it out later. It took me years. It takes you years to figure all this stuff out. But it's the greatest journey of your whole life, this life of faith. It's just growing and growing and growing. The Bible says glory to glory. But it's just growing and growing and growing and hanging out with fun people. Amen? Let's all say this prayer together. If you're online, whether you're here in person, whether you've said this a thousand times or whether it's your first time saying it, you only get saved once, but there's so much good stuff in this prayer, I like saying it every week. Amen? But if you are saying it for the first time, the Bible says, if you believe in your heart, confess Jesus with your mouth, you will be saved. Amen? Let's say it all together. Jesus, thank you for paying the price for my salvation. I ask you to forgive me of every sin. I repent and I'm purposing to change the way I think and live. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Jesus, help me learn about you and to grow in this kingdom lifestyle. I declare you're my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for receiving me. Amen.